1: <laughs> well, it's, no,
3: I'm I'm a Nihilist Raider fan at this point. Like, I, I I guess they're my team. I don't know if I like them, but like, um, it, here's here's a funny side story. Um, last year when they traded Khalil Mack, I was like, I'm out, and I'm adopting the Steelers because Antonio's my favorite player.
2: <laughs> oh shit, we're
3: ba- and we're back, yeah. <laughs> We are back. I've been rolling, by the way. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, that, that's funny. I mean, that's and and, and then I thought you had Levy on, but uh, um, that would have been perfect.
3: Well, let's let's transition this light years podcast. Yeah, the Warriors won against <laughs> the uh, the reigning champion Houston Rockets.
1: <laughs> the reigning jack- three-time NBA champion, Houston Rockets. I, I think we had the same thought. I, I'm very excited about this podcast because I feel like we had the same thought watching the first did we, quarter. Did the we w-
3: speak it into existence?
1: It was ve- It was one of – it's just – you can see it coming from a mile away, right? I don't, I don't know if we predicted or anything like that, but you can kind of just – do you think the Warriors feel that way? I feel like the Warriors players feel like, hey, it's not KD's fault, but it's like we're going to play – how we used to play tonight. And it's going to be exciting.
3: Oh, I think it's, it, it felt like a weight was lifted off their shoulders. Um, and I think they needed that edge, uh, more than anything. Houston was talking some, you know, talking some trash. They knew they didn't have KD. It was, it just brought, it brought that, um, it brought that 2015 energy out of them. That's like, yeah, I mean, I, uh, you you say they should have it every night, but like I don't know how you can possibly get it unless Great you're point. unless you're Michael Jordan who makes up stories. Did you, did you read the most recent one? Like I don't I don't know if this stuff's real or fake. Jordan was telling all his teammates he's gonna get like LaFonso Ellis back because he dropped thirty seven on him last time they played. Turns out he didn't drop thirty seven. He just made that up. So you have like extra motivation to just go out there and just destroy the dude.
1: There's always, I think MJ and Kobe have as have by far the best stories, and you just never know if they're real or fake. That's part of the mystique. I think, uh, I think with LeBron, he's trying to do the same thing. It's fantastic, but the Warriors kind of don't see that, uh, and I I think that they're just everybody's confident, right? Like you're saying, MJ, Kobe, a lot of these guys are confident. I think the Warriors are just like arrogant. We've talked this about this a million times, but they're just arrogant to the point where it's like they really truly don't care if they lose because they just know they're better or like they think they're better tonight it was different it felt like they still knew they were better but they came in and, and said hey we're gonna prove it and steph before the before the game said like hey this is a chance to make a statement right and then the war the rockets had all this stuff to say like austin rivers and all these guys clint capella yeah but i think came that's the part
3: that it. i think that's the part that got him um it, it it was uh, she'd pointed it out on on the timeline. Harden's never the one who's talking. It's always it's always Kenneth Fareed. It's always uh, <laughs> Austin Rivers or like Eric Gordon or like dude, you know. I, and, and maybe I, I mean other fan bases definitely are like, why is Draymond talking? But Draymond's an all star. Draymond's proven it, like this would be like if. Uh, Kayvon Looney, actually no, Looney was awesome. Sean that.
1: Livingston, maybe like like maybe Jordan someone, Bell, like Quinn Cook,
3: Bell, Jordan Bell, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like I don't know that, but I do I do think they needed that um, organic reason to get up,
1: like and, a real reason, right? Like like a real uh, motivation kind of thing. Um, I did enjoy the actual play on the court. Um, I, I did enjoy Steph actually having the ball. These are not things that we've never talked about, right? But it's just it is truly impossible to feed Clay, Steph, Cousins, and KD. And when you have those four players, like, don't you feel that Steph is always going to be the one that's going to take the backseat? So it, it hurts him. And and tonight, at least in the first half, Steph was great. He struggled a bit in the second, but it's it's just better for the offense overall. It's not about Steph's numbers. It's about the way the team is playing. Yeah, his numbers, flow were, a lot better.
3: his numbers were pedestrian tonight. Like, mm-hmm. if anything, the off-ball role has led to bigger scoring purges. But it's been a lot of. I mean, he's been playing a shooting guard role, which is like, I mean, he can do that, but he doesn't have the same effect. Like Houston was. What what's made Houston successful against the Warriors is they don't double. They just switch. And midway in the game, they were doubling Steph and trapping, and we know what happens when they start doubling. He he dumps it to Draymond you get the four on three, and it's you know it's it's over.
1: Yeah, it's the usual. I think it's what it's, and that makes that's the stuff that we've seen in 2015 a million times. And then you get the you know you get the Looney or the Iguodala like Alou coming up over the top, or you have Draymond swinging it to Clay right in the corner or in the wing, and or Harrison Barnes, <laughs> God forbid, but. um but that type of style is better than, and I was mentioning it to you earlier, it's better than walking up the court, set offense. They're going. Draymond didn't play well. I think you'd agree with me. He didn't play. He wasn't great by any means. But he was good on. Time,
3: he was good on defense, but his offense
1: was. <laughs> it was pretty. Yeah, the turnovers. And all, but I, here, here's what I'm. I'm just happy that they're running. Yeah, right? and you don't ever, All you don't want to particularly run against, games, particularly against
3: Houston. He, like I, I think people give. Um, the isolation scoring and the defense too much credit. Whereas what Houston really does well is just turn the pace of the game into what the Warriors don't want to play at, which is like that kind of herky jerky dribble it down and like no one can get a rhythm. And the Warriors are all about rhythm.
1: Yeah. And, and, KD when when he plays, he's down to play that herky jerky isolation style. And that like, by the way not- is
3: why he's great for the Warriors because when they get bogged into that and they can't get out of it, he's like the the counterpunch.
1: Yeah, he's the, he's the uh you cannot lose. Like yeah. you literally cannot lose because you can go both ways. The issue is they're going too far one way, right? I think after it's funny after the uh, Draymond uh, incident in in LA you notice him in transition. Every time he gets the ball, he's throwing it back to KD. He's throwing it back to KD, and then they're walking the ball up. And it's like it. – first of all, it minimizes possessions. All of a sudden, you have less ways to shoot on the court. And then the other part is –
3: And minimizing like, possessions will always help the team
1: with less talent. Always, 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 always. Yep. That's, like, why, you like, see,
3: that's why you see upsets in college basketball all the time. Less possessions. You can – like – does anyone think if you played, you know, 200 possessions, Duke isn't going to beat everyone with Zion? Yeah. But, like, you know, you play a, a herky-jerky game, they'll lose.
1: And the Warriors seem to be doing more of that. And, and the other thing is you have Cousins, which is kind of a good segue here to talk about Cousins tonight because he looked amazing. Um, with Cousins, you kind of want to keep doing that, right? You're even more inclined to play slower because you want to let him run up the court, post it up, etc. But yeah. It looks – I mean, he was – I mean, He was great tonight. He's kind of the reason they won. You know, outside of Clay, but like he was. I mean, just P.J. Tucker's not guarding him, <laughs> and he's going right through Capella, and he was so, not terrible in pick and roll.
3: So you can even go through the lineup data. When the Warriors have that starting five unit with all the all stars, it's it's kind of diminishing returns because no one finds a rhythm. Yep. But yep. when you when you find lineup combos where it's like draymond or sorry uh boogie clay and you know goons it works or if it's like steph and kd and some role players it works. so it's like it, it's it's mostly an issue of like they they truly do have the only one ball problem with the starting five
1: Yep, yep they they finally reached it um and tonight it was like um in 2016 17 it, it, with just Steph and Clay scoring, they can fit one more guy. Easy, they can fit KD, and it was seamless. Yeah, because, they went because 16 KD, one. because
3: because Clay is not a guy who wants the ball. Yep, Clay just wants to move off ball and take his shots.
1: Can you imagine if James Harden and Chris Paul had a third guy? Right, like can you imagine that? It wouldn't work. Can you imagine them having four guys? <laughs> Even harder, right?
3: Yeah, no, not at all. Um, <laughs> and actually, I, I want to bring this back to your point on Steph. I mean, Steph didn't lead the team in scoring in assists. Or well, those are really the only two categories that we would assume he'd lead the team in. But um, but he was still kind of his his fingerprints were all
1: over the game. That's peak staff. This is why he's underrated, right? This is why like um people are like, well, like he's not a, one, he's not a real point guard, right? Or he can't play defense, which he played decent defense tonight, right? I didn't see him like get agree, he wasn't egregious that high, hard and flop highlight was funny and then he makes the game a lot easier for everyone right that's the one that people cannot quantify outside of plus minus and nobody really cares about plus minus um so even though he went 8 for 20 it's it's hard for people to understand looking at the box score like you said that that he's making such a huge impact like that's that is like that is peak Steph Curry it's just that during the mvp years he also backed that up with averaging like 30 points a game so
3: yeah um so let, let's get into the game a little bit um a little deeper on that. Um they started Gadala, which was surprising to me. That that's when you know Kerr's. Like, oh yeah. That's right. Kerr's like, dude, we, we we're we're done messing around. We got to, you know, he's going to put the adult out there and like <laughs> we're going to get into our stuff and all watching. So Andre didn't have a great stat line, but he had a, a quintessential Andre game where he was like at the Heart of everything good they did because he 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 just feel, he's the most overqualified glue guy of all time, you know? <laughs> it, and it reminded me it's like dude one day when he leaves they're just never gonna find a replacement for him like where are they ever gonna come up with a dude who can do everything he can and is cool <clears throat> doing it like it, it just isn't gonna ever exist again
1: yeah that like like for example I think in that late second quarter where they they were like. Well, they they ended up being tied at halftime where they were up two, sorry, and then but they had a play where they were up like four, and they were struggling. I think Houston was on like a 9-0 run, and he takes the ball and he gets the ball in the in the the right baseline there and just pulls up for a three and makes it. It's like he's not a three point shooter, like you don't really expect him to make it, but in those moments you do, like if that makes sense, right? Like you expect him to make that big play even though like he's not a you know thirty eight forty percent free uh, three point shooter, but you expect him to do it. Just because he's Andre Godala. Like, he just makes all those plays. By the way, he does look weird with a bald head now, though. By the way, like, that's... I'm just not used to it. It's I'll never weird. Be used to it.
3: I, I think that's his, like, his playoff haircut. Like, uh, it's time to get serious.
1: <laughs> I mean, like, Clay growing a beard out. Like, come on, dude. Like, that's not... That's not you. Like, it just a lot of very weird, odd... Uh... Anyway. <laughs> for, for Back to the game itself. I... Um, it, it felt like... It kind of starts with Steve Kerr all the time. If we go way, way, way back to the Bucks game, remember that in the beginning of the season when Steve Kerr messed around and started like, what did he? who did he start? You remember that? Like Kevon Looney. He started like two bigs, remember? And it kind of screwed up the game. And the Warriors were just in a bad place to start. And from there, it went downhill. It, this was one of the games where Steve Kerr is like, all right, I'm going to play it like we're trying to win. And the players gave him like 100%. So it's kind of like a two-way street kind of thing, right? So um, I thought that was interesting.
3: Yeah, I mean, it, the main thing is KD didn't play tonight.
1: And I, don't,
3: I, I just don't know how to, um, how to quantify that. So I mentioned, I, I tweeted this out before the game, but um, our friend Matt Moore put up an interesting stat, and he goes, Warriors this season are averaging 7.6 ISO possessions a game, so not very many. That's in the bottom five of the NBA. Versus the Rockets, they're averaging 16. Hmm. So I kind of theorized. I was like, it's it's mostly KD isoing switches, which Kerrs repeatedly says he's okay with. I'm curious what the numbers look like without KD tonight, and just a hedge because you know any any KD conversation you have to hedge before people like run with it, like you're ungrateful. He's on the Warriors, you know that sort of thing. Um, you know they're not better without KD. But Houston does bait them into their worst tendencies, which is like let KD go one-on-one and everyone stand around. And we didn't see that too much tonight.
1: So what do you – so my, I guess my question would be what would be the – what would be the best way for them to play? Uh, let's say they meet in the Western Conference Finals again, right? What would be the best way to play? Because now you have to integrate Cousins and KD and you're taking shots away from Steph.
3: Um, yeah, that's the tough one. I don't know. Like The the best way for them to play is staggering those three as much as possible. It's a great Um, answer, yeah. But then the the, the second thing is, I mean, they know how to play with KD to play to their max. They did it in 16-17, and they do it time to time. And it just involves him kind of trusting his teammates, as corny as that sounds, and just kind of like pass and cut because he's going to get the ball back um it's when well, they it's when they go to and like Steph can do this time to time too he's done it recently where he kind of hunts his shot versus just like trusting you know yeah he's and been cut. hunting
1: yep yep you're right He's but he's been hunting you can tell here's my thing Here, here's my kind of it's i think it's on steve kerr i think the players are who they are right KD's who he is Steph is who he is. He needs to play a certain way to be to be the greatest that he is. KD, same way. He likes to play slower. Cousins is who he is. Draymond is who he is. It's up to Steve Kerr. Like, he can't be who he is. And, and I think for me, it's just, just play seven, eight guys. Just play seven guys. And just keep Steph in longer. Keep KD in longer. Don't play fucking Quinn Cook in the playoffs. Don't stop playing, you know, stop playing. Uh, don't even play Sean Livingston, right? Like, these, He's got to play guys, Livingston. I mean, I know, I know, but I'm saying they literally
3: just don't have enough wing bodies.
1: I mean, just, but I'm just saying play guys longer because they can handle more minutes. They can get in a better rhythm, like play Steph for 18, 19 minutes a half. He doesn't do that unless you have to. And I almost feel like he should just start by doing that. Like, just forget the 10 man rotation, man. Forget that stuff. And just let these guys play like let Steph and KD play the whole first and then let them play eight minutes in the second quarter. Like I feel like he should just start every game like that, rather than like kind of waiting until it's like they're down. It's, like a two-two series for the to do that. You know what I mean? Um, just kind of let these guys cook because at this point, it's you got you gotta just let them play. I mean, there's really no other way for me to say it. And I, I, I this worst thing it is. I don't want to see Damian Lee in a playoff series. And something tells me I'm gonna see Alfonso McKinney. Sam, like I'm gonna see Alfonso McKinney fouling Chris Paul. Three times in a row. Somebody tells me I'm going to see that.
3: Did anyone start hotter and just completely fall off? Like, I mean, I knew he wasn't that good right. in the beginning of the season because, like, you just don't find guys who are that productive off the waiver wire like that with like no NBA experience. But man, it's gone in the other direction pretty hard.
1: Yeah, you feel, I feel bad for him because like a lot of it in role player is like confidence, and you can tell he's pretty shook games are getting bigger too you know like the games are getting bigger so he's getting a little more like oh oh shit it's like it's funny because you can see nick young like he was supposed to be a guy that was like okay like i'm gonna have confidence no matter what and even he struggled so it's like i guess it's kind of hard playing on the warriors even though you're playing around a lot of great players i guess it's kind of stressful
3: yeah i mean i think that's why most contenders end up with all vet benches and then inevitably they get too old because the margin like when you're playing with that many great players like it's hard you just don't get the opportunity to play through your mistakes they need they need the reliable maybe lower upside but just like less downside guy they need the Shane Battier more than they need the the Pat
1: McCaw Oh, boy. the Shane Batty would be – can you imagine Shane? Not even prime Shane Batty. Can you imagine?
3: 37-year-old like Batty. Yeah. Oh, man. But, that I mean, be... that's like what we're talking about, and that's kind of how it always goes on title teams. You can take it before the heat, like the Lakers, the Spurs. They're always older, and, like, their, like, eighth through tenth man were always, like, 35-year-olds who, like, you know, they knew they weren't going to play more than 15 minutes ever. But it's like if you had to throw them in a game, because it was it was tight and someone's in foul trouble you knew you could rely on them to not make mistakes more than anything
1: yeah, yeah. i mean i guess we're describing your again but <laughs> yeah. it is truly it is truly like um it is truly like um you don't people don't people think of basketball in a way that's just like so black and white the warriors have so many players that are just fun to watch too uh there was a sequence and uh it, this happens every time the warriors play the Rockets. But, you, like, you've got Chris Paul, and he's just running into people, right? And he gets four points out of it. He gets four four points out of four four free throws. But but there's just there, – it's just – it's terrible to watch. He just runs into McKinney twice. And then you got Steph Curry on the other side who runs a crossover, then jump stops, then lays it up right above Austin Rivers, who's been acting like he can guard those two guys, Steph and Clay. And it's just like – that's also two points. So two free throws and two points are the same thing, but it's like – it's so much more fun to watch the warriors. They're just playing basketball in a way that's like I feel like it's just meant to be played instead of like baiting people and like trying to run into someone's off arm and then drawing a foul like how don't you get annoyed like it, it just Yeah, I can't um, even talk. Alright everyone, we got an announcement to make. Blue Wire is teaming up with Harry's to make sure our listeners are shaving comfortably. Go to harrys.com slash blue wire to save ten dollars on a value trial set which includes three things five blade razor with a lubricating strip and trimmer blade rich lathering shave gel and a travel blade cover you can get all that for just three dollars shipped right to your door no more cheap razors uh, it's worth trying harry's harry's has fixed shaving by combining a simple clean design with quality and durable bl- blades at a fair price the founders of Harry's were tired of paying for razors that were overpriced and overdesigned, so they actually bought a world-class blade factory in Germany that's been making quality blades for over 95 years. imagine thinking of that? Join the, join the 10 million who have tried Harry's. Claim your trial offer by going to harrys.com slash wire. All the blades come with 100% quality guarantee. If you don't love your shave, let them know and they'll give you a full refund. Again, harrys.com slash bluewire to redeem your razor for $3. The first weekend of the NCAA tournament is, is the greatest betting event of the year. Whether you like filling out a bracket, picking a national champion, predicting first round upsets, or all of the above, MyBookie is the perfect home for your March Madness fun. Will Zion Williamson and his teammates cement their legacy at Duke with a title, or will Virginia get past lost loss to a 16 seed last year? Or can Kentucky get back to the Final Four? If you know the answers, or even if you don't, my bookie is the place to get in on the action. They have something for everyone, even you, multiple bracket guy. That's the worst kind of. That's the worst kind of person. Horrible. My book, <laughs> just three brackets uh, for no reason with all different winners. Uh, my bookie has been in business for years. Their goal is to give you the best customer service in the business. So if you do want to do 10 brackets with different winners, use all that. Use MyBookie. Do whatever you want. And the best part is they pay out fast when you win. I'm talking 48 hours. Bet with the best, then kick back and enjoy March Madness while you watch your pig's cash. Deposit with MyBookie today. Promo code BLUEWIRE. 50% sign-up bonus. That's promo code BLUEWIRE. With MyBookie, you play, you win, and you get paid.
3: Promo code BLUEWIRE. So we got to transition to the real MVP of tonight's game. oh. Kevon Looney. <laughs> Five offensive rebounds. Um, Looney. You really like Looney. I do. I love Looney. And he he's especially good against the Rockets. Like, <laughs> I don't know. How, how much do you think Looney gets in the offseason? It's not that much, honestly. Like, I, I just don't see the team who's like, I gotta have Looney,
1: right? If, yeah, right. No, you are exactly like, like they're not. They're not paying like even the mid level. You think they like, even less. like five I'll, to eight mil. You think even like you think he I think get I that? think
3: fives. Fives kind of the you know I could see seven, but like what I am thinking is lot. like is like two two eleven something like that. You know, like five and a half a year or something like like that's what he's gonna get. Um, maybe maybe I am wrong. Maybe he like explodes another way, but um. But against the Rockets and especially against harden is there is there a better player at switching onto Harden?
1: They would literally pay him the full mid level for him just to cart Harden every single season and it'd be worth it,
3: especially in the first half where he like he shades him perfectly to the left takes does not away, foul does not foul. And, like, he, he's immune to Harden's, like, kind of – I mean, because yeah. Harden wants to put you to sleep. Like, Jordan Bell is just oh. – Jordan Bell is the peak example of the guy you would think is good switching. And he, he's – but, like, not good switching on Harden, right? Oh. Because Harden's just like, all right, I'm just going to head fake you twice. I'm going to the line. And it doesn't work like, with Looney.
1: Against every other team in the NBA, I want Jordan Bell. Right I just I just would rather have I'm, I'm a but I'm a Jordan Bell apologist, but against the Houston Rockets, Kayvon Looney, he's long. That's the thing. he's long and he doesn't want to move. like he doesn't want to jump because he knows he's not going to get blocks. Like he's one of those players that's like he's smart enough and self-aware enough to know that he's not going to block anything. So why bother? Like the worst part is when you have someone that like can't jump is small, and then he goes up and he's tr- just trying to block every single... Like, I watched JaVale McGee, right? And these... JaVale's is a perfect
3: example, actually. <laughs> JaVale's a guy who you're like, you should be better on defense. Like, you're not lazy, you have all the physical tools and you engage, but, like, for whatever reason, like, w- you bite on the first move every time.
1: Yeah, and he's just really juiced to run into the wrong places on defense. <laughs> right. He's, like, really energetic, and then he's also everywhere, but he's, he's absolutely nowhere. Um, so, so you'll right. go
3: against like a mediocre team, and I'll have three blocks and a steal, and like turn the energy of a game. But then against a better team, it's
1: like, oh, what's going on? <laughs> I can't believe Kevon Looney is is the guy for James Harden. That is pretty ridiculous. um James Harden had a game two for twelve from three, uh, which was kind of what he did a lot in the Western Conference Finals. I think he had maybe one or two great games, but outside of that, he this was kind of the performance that he's throwing out against the Warriors really all the time because i do you think that the warriors are more scared of chris paul than 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 james harden like are they more worried about chris paul you would think from a coaching perspective i don't know harden's definitely better but they certainly i just think the
3: warriors are very um and it's not just looney um he's just kind of the most pronounced because it's coming from you know a non-star player like he he makes himself a vital piece in the series, whereas in most series you're just like hey, he's just a guy in the rotation, right? But like Clay doesn't bite, Iguodala doesn't bite, Draymond doesn't bite. I mean, they essentially they they're I mean that's why they're a great defense when they lock in, but they're they're patient on Harden in ways that other teams aren't. And I feel like they've played him so much that like I, even Steph these days doesn't bite or anything. Where it's like <laughs> they've played him so many times. I don't want to say they know his moves, uh, but like they they just know the rhythm in which they need to play defensively against him.
1: Yeah, I think that's a that's kind of a that's kind of that's a great point because I think most teams when they play Steph, they kind of think the same way. They're like, hey, like we know all the off ball stuff you run. And then, and then, so you hear a lot of the fans, and you hear people like us are like, "Dude, like, let's just put him on the ball and just let him go, right? Make a make it a four-on-three because everybody knows in the playoffs that you're running like an elevator or you're running like you know a, a scissor play or you're, you're you know they know what Steph is going to do.
3: Some sort of floppy action with Clay that they run every day, and,
1: and now it's like the the pass to Steph and he passes back and that he's relocating in the corner, like. Teams aren't guarding that well yet, but, you know, they'll, they'll when get they, there.
3: I knew the Warriors were feeling it when they ran the relocation for Iguodala. And he hit it. I'm like, are you kid-? That was the only shot he hit, by the way, all night. Um, but when they did the, um, you know, he passed, and then he relocated like Steph. I'm like, oh, God. And it, and it went in.
1: That's funny how we talked about the same play. Because <laughs> yeah. I talked about that earlier, too. That is but it, it was. Now that I think about it, yeah.
3: It was. Um so anything else to talk about in this game? Like,
1: um, Yeah, this is, a, this is a great game to talk about just because it's we're going to talk about the Houston so much, I think, dude, in the, in the next couple months. Um, I want to talk about Cousins. Let's talk about Cousins before we go to the mailbag. Okay. Um, because 27, 8 rebounds, 7 assists, I think the most important aspect of this is 11 for 16, and he played 32 minutes. Um, and I don't remember – any like super egregious moments where I was like, damn, like this two minute stretch is kind of like co- this. Cousins can't play right in, in a playoff series. And here's the thing I don't think Houston's hiding anything, I don't think they're hiding. Oh, like, see,
3: I think they were, they didn't hunt him at all. Um, and I don't know what that was about. Um, maybe. So maybe if I rewatch it, I'll see, I'll see the Warriors kind of communicating so they don't have to get beliefs because that as much. that's
1: that's what I would think because that's what that's what Draymond would be doing on the back end like he'd just be like I'll take the guy up top so that you won't ever have to switch up top like he does that with Steph too but I mean I, you're right I mean if they wanted to hunt Cousins they could they should right maybe they just, they just decided not to do much of that in the but it it just it doesn't seem like a Dan D'Antoni thing to me that that's all that it was just one of those things where it's like maybe Cousins could play if draymond is there to cover up and able to communicate um because he's going to be the one that has to do it right because he's the talker because iguodala is kind of doing his thing clay doesn't talk much he just got guards his guy and and steph's kind of all over the place so i i think it is up to draymond and i think if it's a playoff series he's going to be the one that has to tell cousins what to do or cover up for him i should say
3: yeah um we kind of got so. I made, I made a joke that this is the Warriors 2019 20 starting lineup, um, which opened a can of worms. I was hoping not to open today, but I did that to myself. You know,
1: I was gonna say, uh huh, yep.
3: Um, and but I mean, you can see why Boogie makes so much sense with Steph and Clay uh because they they want it they want to play through the post they want to have the big man pass they want them in motion and relocating um so i don't know i i think they have a better chance of bringing boogie back than people think because i'm not convinced whoa huge, i'm not convinced those huge offers will be there for him maybe they will
1: but um you think he'll take like eight mil or whatever, like what's what's the raise? What's the what's the raise? I mean, that's can,
3: like, nines. Per, he, nine. They can give him the full mid level if KD leaves, which I think is the scenario in which they would be like desperately trying to keep him. Um, and it's about nine. Um, and you know, it just it just depends. Like, do you do you really think a huge offer is going to be there for him? Hard to say. I,
1: I guess I don't know. I guess the Lakers will throw something at him. You know, I, I guess if they don't get. Kawhi and, and KD and, uh, and and whoever else Jimmy Butler even and, Ky- yeah. Kyrie, right Kemba,
3: yeah yeah
1: yeah
3: yeah just <laughs> listen <laughs> all the Ks. Clay uh, uh
1: Clay forgot Clay um yeah, we we got to kind of sit down and think about who the who the teams are that can offer him something but you would man I guess you would have to think there'd be some type of team that throw like 20 mil at him just you know and and he he's kind of I think at an age because the more I think about it, he's kind of at an age where it's like he kind of can't waste another season making just eight mil, just eight mil, right? Quote unquote. Yeah. But he does want to get. If I were him, you know, 28, 29, whatever he is, it's like, dude, I better get my twenty mil now because I'm definitely not going to get that. You know, a particularly
3: year off an Achilles. Like it's very easy to think, you know, I, I have more time. He's already had the bad injury where it's like, you know, yeah. you start thinking my time's
1: limited. Yeah, I mean, it's not like he has crazy endorsements. He's a Puma guy, right? P- yes. Puma, whatever it is. Like, ah. um, So it's not like he's making 30 mil off the court like Steph and KD and stuff like that. So I don't know. So uh, but it would be interesting. So we're
3: answering uh, Chano asked the question, if KD walks, we re-sign Boogie. Who says no? And, um, yeah, I think we came to the Look same – that segue. Look I think we that. came to the same conclusion, which is, I mean, if he'll take it, yeah. But – if he, the only other way to re-sign him, uh, if KD walks for more money, involves letting go of uh, Iguodala or Draymond, which at which case you're just talking about a completely different team, right?
1: I guess, I guess you live with, I guess you Steph Clay and Cousins is is, pro- is probably better than Steph Clay Draymond Iguodala. I don't know.
3: Yeah, I don't, I don't really want to go there. So
1: let's, <laughs> um, let's get into some
3: we'll, more questions.
1: We'll get there when they get there. I have a fun one. A really fun one at pickup hoop. Um, if the Warriors have to go through Utah, OKC Houston, and then whoever comes out the West, would that be the hardest path thus far?
3: Whoever comes out the East.
1: Oh um, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. The East.
3: I think so. Um, I don't think Utah's particularly a big problem. Uh, but for a first round series, they'll make them try harder than they would if it was the Spurs, you know? um, OKC and Houston would be a drag, and I, I don't think they've had a second round. I don't think they've had to play a second and third as grueling as that. The only thing I can think of is year one when they played Memphis in round two, but Houston round three wasn't
1: nearly as good. I don't know your thoughts. I guess I'm I'm, I'm thinking, and I. Because it was 2015 and 16, it was... Oops, I'm speaking away from the mic. In 2015 and 16, I, I feel like it was more self-inflicted. Um, a lot of it was just like they needed to get into the rhythm. And once they did, it, it wasn't necessarily close. 16, 17, it felt like it was tougher. But you know, that was because of Steph's injury. But that might be the toughest one just because for me, it almost feels... And We were talking about the OKC – that OKC game has been coming up a lot lately. I'm not really sure why. It's just been randomly popping up on podcasts and stuff like that. But I feel like that series alone was – that that series alone was why they lost to Cleveland. Like yeah. if they had won that series in five or six, which they was favored to do, they'd beat Cleveland. It's, they just do. And so that to me – it doesn't matter who they play this season. Um, because I don't think there's any team that's as good as that team. I don't know. Do you think Houston's better? Do you think Boston's better than an OKC team?
3: Probably not. Um, but I do think the factor we're not discussing is the fatigue factor. The Warriors got up tonight, but, I mean, this is the fifth year of a run. Uh, potential three-peat with KD. That's a lot of it's, – it's just they're not the same Warriors team is all I'm saying.
1: We're Bill trying. Simmons said they played 80 games more than any other team, <laughs> or like than a. Yeah, it's I just mean, 80 puts, games.
3: This puts LeBron's second place streak uh, into perspective, I and mean, he's playing a lot of extra games, right?
1: And he just somehow it took this long for him to actually get injured for for a couple months. So that's that's that that is well Although is modern medicine, we are not here to praise LeBron. Let's move on. You got a question? You got? You, did you find one?
3: Um. Yeah, let's, let's go with... Um, it's a lot. All right. Game on, Nate. Steph, more than any other Warrior player or staff, seems to give zero Fs about trying to placate KD this season. Regularly ignores him when he calls for the ball. Pulls long threes when he's pouting. Agreed. Why do you think this is?
1: Does <laughs> <laughs> he know something that we don't?
3: Let's get spicy.
1: <laughs> uh, body language guy, huh? Um, so I, I agree. I agree. I, I think um, – I don't think they dislike each other. I don't – not I, I don't, Not that I've heard anything. I don't know. But I, I don't think they dislike each other or anything like that. But I do think it is true where Steph is kind of like, I really don't care that much if you're mad that I'm shooting a 28-footer when I'm one for six from three. And I think that kind of tells you all you need to know about Steph because Steph's usually the guy that is aware of everything that's going on around him. And I think he's aware – that he does not care if he doesn't get KD the ball or if he's kind of being more, like you said, playing for KD. So I, I just don't think he cares. And I, you can read that in the other ways, man. Sam, you can read that like I think he knows um, KD's going to be gone, or you can read that like, hey, it's my team. But either way, I think it's good.
3: This is this is my effing house. <laughs> no, I actually think it's related to the role. Um, Stefan has given up a lot of ball handling and main initiator duties and in doing so he's coming off of screens and you can't have it both ways you can't have him you either have him on ball forcing those four on threes where he's not getting the greatest shots like tonight he didn't leave the team in shots tonight um, or you have him coming off the ball in which case if he gets it in those situations it's going up you know and there are possessions where it's like you know he, he looks off KD but like that's just kind of He's the greatest shooter of all time. The same way we live with Katie isoing and possessions we don't love, you live with Steph taking some bad shots too. It's the same thing, um, and, and and I do think it's just it's if he's off ball he's gonna get more shots and he's gonna get more shots. A few of them you're not gonna love.
1: Yeah, and I think maybe maybe we do kind of give Steph too much credit. <laughs> Maybe we do say he sacrifices a lot when, you know, he's always been this type of player. But that, I don't need to go too deep there. Um, You got another one or should I pick one? You go. (sighs) So much. Um, You want to go in the way back machine? You want to take a throwback question here? Sure. Um, JDM. At JD, man, JD, what would the Warriors have done in free agency 2016 if KD didn't come?
3: Ooh, this is a fun one. Um, everyone seems to think they just run it back.
1: Ooh, you don't think so, huh?
3: I'm not convinced that – I think they keep Barnes, but they would have had freedom to clear a little cap space for a center. I think they would have done something because they knew Azili was done. You can talk to anyone around the team. They knew Azili was done, and, I mean, history proved him right. He never played another minute in the NBA again. Portland did sign him, but, like, his knee just – I mean, you feel for the guy, but it is what it is, right? So I don't know what they would have done, but I think they would have re-signed Barnes and found someone better than Zaza to play
1: center. Uh,
3: Who that is? I'm not sure.
1: Brooke (laughs) Lopez. Maybe. Um they do Robin Lopez. Um no I, I think you're right. I something tells me that I don't think they ha- I think I don't think they had any magic. I don't think they had anything. I think it was KD or just run it back with the same guys. And I almost feel like
3: Well what I'm they, saying is they would have they would have done stuff in the margins. There wouldn't have been like, okay, we didn't get KD, we're gonna like, you know pull a magic hat and get like Paul George.
1: <laughs> or, or you know, you know it, it would also have uh, maybe given him more leverage for the Anthony Davis sweepstakes. Maybe that would have been something. But, yeah, I, I think they come back with the – it's the boring answer. I think they come back with Harrison Barnes, and they do kind of – I think it all relies on Harrison Barnes, and we can kind of see that, you know, he, he never became that – I don't think anyone thought he was going to be a superstar, but he didn't even really, even really become a star. So I, I think he kind of is always the same player he's going to be. Right so I think that they would have banked on that and he probably would have been the same player that he was in 20 you know 15 and 16. So I think they still get back to the champ in the finals. You know I think they still get back to the finals. Uh I don't know if they would have won. That LeBron Kyrie team was amazing the year after. Um they they might have won, but I cuz Steph was fantastic uh that year after after he lost in the finals. So who knows? Um I have. Do you have one? I have one more. I have one
3: more than. I, like I have a post game. I have a post quote. I want to okay. read first from Boogie. Um, when asked uh, if he likes playing against the Rockets' defense that switches and has a lot of small guys on him, I don't really care. I don't think anyone can stop me one on one. Period. You can put whoever you want on me. Honestly, <laughs> just is very on
1: brand. Hey, by the way while you while we're in the process of reading quotes here we don't even by the way we don't even need to talk shit because these guys are fantastic draymond uh they asked him about the stuff coming out of the rockers locker room like kenneth reed and uh and uh, austin rivers and these other guys he said and he said it didn't juice the warriors up at all he said quote i'm not sure stupid stupidity juices up anyone
3: <laughs> wait say one more time
1: He said, so they asked him, like, hey, like, what do you think about the stuff that the rocket said? And he said, it doesn't juice me up. I'm not sure stupidity juices up anyone. (laughs) Oh, That's, that's, I think Draymond's probably the best at talking shit. He's just, he's just so vicious. Like, and he's so, and he's smart too. The worst, the worst type of trash talker or the best is the people that like says something that's true. But like in a the way, the best that just the best trash is the person
3: who can't get hurt. So they just take it lower and lower. Like we <laughs> all have, we all have a line, you know. Like the reason what he said to KD hurt so much is because he hit his his right. soft spot, right? Um, but like you know, you know my soft spots. So you know if we like in a you know, trash talking contest. You could, you could end me on the spot. And I just, I just get very sad and emo or something,
1: (laughs) but yeah. (laughs) And Draymond is not afraid to go there. He is not afraid to ever go there. So that, that's uh that's fun. I think the warriors, um, that's the warriors that you want to see, right? Like the, the, the one that talks a lot, the one that like is led by Draymond talking, right? They've got that type of energy cousins is kind of the perfect fit there. I think KD is more of the Steph clay, uh, mood except he kind of branches off into the draymond cousin side and it's a weird fit which is so on brand for KD. it's so on brand that he can't figure because out which everyone side wants to
3: be. everyone wants to be draymond and not be affected but it's very yeah. hard to do it's, like yeah. i yeah. want to be like that but no it's there's great certain point. things people can say to me that get me
1: you know my feelings that is uh that is a hell of a point um let's go because we didn't address this um Killjoy. Killjoy GSW. Oh, um, God. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he retweeted the Steve Kerr saying, I'm so fucking tired of Draymond shit. And he said, Team Draymond or Team Kerr? We haven't discussed this yet, so I kind of wanted to bring this up.
3: Yeah, let's – let's last segment here.
1: Yeah. What do you think? You want me to go first? Yeah, go for it. I, I think this is the perfect example of Draymond and Steve Kerr. There are certain players on a team or, or family or, or friends – Right, where you just know that they can mess with each other or they can say stuff to one another and be cool like a couple hours later. I think that with like Kerr will never say that about KD ever, 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 ever. And I think with Kerr, he knows that if he says that about Draymond, he doesn't care if it gets picked up because Draymond will probably get mad, but end of the day, doesn't care about it either. That's what I think. They may hate each other but it's one of the things where they're absolutely mature enough to work through it. So it, it really doesn't matter long term. Um, but you may, you may think differently.
3: No, I mean, I, I thought it was nothing because both Draymond and Kerr curse way more mid game than, you know, the camera show. Like this is something that I, unless you're paying attention to the bench all the time in person, you don't really understand, but like, these these dudes aren't polite. It's emotional game, and like, I don't really, I don't really think it matters at all. Like, how many times do you think Kurt? How many times do you think Draymond's been like, that was a dumb f'n idea? You know, <laughs> like it's it's just kind of the nature of the and that only works if you have that kind of relationship. So yep. this is where, this is where you you kill someone like uh, Boylan in Chicago for like trying to. Do that while he has no equity. You know what I mean? Like, like the fake, like the fake hard ass thing versus someone like Kerr or Pop or Phil Jackson. Um, not that Kerr is at any of those guys' level, but like he is with his guys on this team, where you build that sweat equity. Where it's like he can say something to me like that, and I don't have to like take it as this is, you know, this is the end of it.
1: Yeah, I mean that's that's uh, it's such such a great point because Kerr has to build that, right? He can't just come in here, like you said, like Boylan, and just all of a sudden talk talk like that. You can't come into a locker room. Kirk Kirk came in here and he benched Iguodala, remember? And that wasn't like Iguodala wasn't like, oh yeah, yeah, I'm down for that. Like, and it's I, also okay like four
3: hundred fifty games later, and a <laughs> lot of highs and some <laughs> lows, and like you know, it's just kind of like you know you're going to take that from it's just the nature of the relationship
1: yeah that's just that's just, it's like a i would worry like
3: a, about it if he if he was saying that about boogie who he probably doesn't have that relationship with yet you know what uh, i mean you're right
1: yeah yeah you're right cuz it, it it would just be um i bet though if boogie was on the team for like 5 years you know they could have that relationship absolutely i think so of right? course. Cause, cause, but, because like, he's cut from the same was, cloth as Traymond. If he was
3: saying that, you know, 15 games into his coaching, you know, his tenure with Boogie, that's not... Kerr's
1: way too smart, too. Like, that's the thing about Steve Kerr. Like, we complain a lot about Steve Kerr. I do, certainly. But he's smart as hell. Like, yeah. he he knows kind of emotionally where what to say, what to do. Because, um, I mean, he's just... He's been around. He's been around so many players and so many coaches. So... Um, you have anything to add or I'm going I'm to close this out here with a few words
3: let's close it out man
1: all right cool so yeah um waited to the end of the pot here but I'm going to take a couple weeks off uh for, for some personal reasons won't get into it but Sam's still going to be uh doing the podcast here I will be back I think April 2nd that week so I'll be back right in time for the postseason run so hold it down for me brother I'll be back we'll be taking a break from light years or er, er, sorry sorry warriors world radio as well so for those that are still listening um uh, we'll be back there uh, in the beginning of april as well so um until then i will uh i will uh, see everyone uh, a couple weeks from now
3: yeah andy saw that that uh april 5th warriors Cavs game and said i'm back i'm here <laughs> i'm back bring on colin sexton perfect um, now take your time um we will be uh, I'll, I'll put a couple things up in the next couple weeks and you know we'll be good to go for the playoffs Which is when people really want to listen to Yep, can't wait.
2: The headlines remind us daily, the world is a dangerous place. The elites in charge say everything's fine, stop noticing, but you know better.